just watch and you just observe and the thing just keeps happening and you're like, why do I let this happen? Okay, this is where I think this mind-body duality thing um, might have something to play with it. And if we can kind of close that gap and then become really consciously aware and be like, right, brain, you're doing that thing again where you kind of just observe and your body keeps pressing the button and you keep losing trades. How can we shift this? How can we pattern interrupt? How can we shift our perspective from what I'm doing to the place we want to be? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. My name is Jake, and you are listening to The Success Shift, a show where perfection does not exist, but learning and growth take center stage. Have you ever felt stuck, like you're doing all the work but not getting the results? Maybe you feel like there's something missing. Perhaps there is some sort of internal shift that's needed to really get you to that next stage of success. Well, buckle up and join me as we jump into the minds of those who have been successful in their field and dive a little deeper into what is actually needed to get you to that next level. Is success just a state of mind? Does believing you're successful act as a catalyst to greater success? Is it something we can work on or are some people just luckier than others? No matter what you're into or where your passion lies, if you're wanting change or a shift in perspective, then you are definitely going to want to tune in. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Success Shift. I'm really happy to be here on Thursday. Tell you what, life has been getting busier and busier, but it's good busy. Um, Things are coming along strong. I've got some awesome guests coming up on the show here um, on The Success Shift. They're coming in hard and fast at the moment, which is awesome. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for people's connections and their ability to share their time. Um, I've shared my gratitude for people's time before, but I'll share it again because, like I said before, the one of the best things you can get is someone's undivided attention and just pure time. I think it's one of the most valuable assets we have in the world. And so when someone's willing to give it up, especially give it up for free, it's um, yeah, it's something to be thankful for. Um, I'm also very grateful because I finished making some more purchases for my tickets home. So I'm officially booked to get home with a date and everything for Christmas this year, which I am beyond happy about. Um, I love family, huge family. And so this year with my first time, I'll get to see my little new nephew and for my little 10-month-old son to see his cousin. Um, so very excited for that. Chuck your gratitude into into the chat. Excuse me, sorry. Drinking too much water too fast. Um, Chuck your gratitude into the chat and... Um, We'll get on to today's topic, which is a little bit of a confusing one, um, I might say. I kind of got stuck in a little bit of a a rabbit hole of information. And when you start to look into things like the mind, the body, thoughts, energy, um, vibrations, all that kind of stuff, it really does just kind of suck you in. And there's so much, so much different perspective and so many different concepts towards it and so much connect connectivity i suppose and everything's kind of interrelated so i find this stuff super super interesting um but it's also quite confusing um so on today's episode you may hear me go back and forth with you know opposing sides of of a similar argument just because it's information that at the moment i'm still in research on this particular concept and and when when i do stuff when i look into things when i try to gather my research i will always take in the things that connect with me 
and then believe what I want to believe because at the end of the day, our beliefs are our own and we can choose and pick them and have them guide and create our life in any way we want. So I believe what I want to believe and then I'll do research to either support that, but then I'll also do research to break that down. And so kind of research both sides in order to try and get the whole truth or more of um, more sides to the truth that I currently believe. And if you can do that with all things in life, I think you can really open your perspective and allow more information. And I think what happens in life, so many of us are brought up in the way that we're brought up. This is no fault of our own. It's, you know, our circumstances, our environment, our parents, all the things that, um, you know, come with general childhood, but interlocked into that is a certain way of living, a certain way of believing, a certain set of truths that you have grown up with that really you never think to question. Like you never think to question if the sky is blue because you just know that to be true. But who taught you what blue was? Maybe that's actually a green for most other people. And you've never thought to question it because it's so strong in your belief system that the sky is blue and that is that and that's the color that I know it to be. Um, But really it's just a wave that's coming into our peripheral and we've allocated a word to what we visually see. And so these kind of beliefs, when you start to question them, you can really turn your life into anything you want it to be. So with that, when I do my research, I tend to try and gather information for and against, and then usually create somewhere in between the truth that I believe or my belief around that truth. So with that said, very elongated entry into the concept of this mind-body dualism. So what I want to talk to you about is a little bit about mind-body dualism. Um, and it's this ongoing debate about whether we are a body with a mind or a mind inside a body, um, which I find very, very fascinating. And I think that depending on your thoughts and which way you want to lean towards, it can have a lot of benefits into how you behave and how you do things and how you um, perceive reality, I guess. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen, Chuck someone's in the chat if you've seen the movie Lucy. Uh, It's probably a good example of the mind with a body where she just, I think, I can't remember if she takes a drug or something like that, but she ends up... um, learning more and more and more. And then she gets put into this computer at the end, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. Obviously that's the ending. Um, And she becomes this, you know, the mind lives on, but her body breaks down and then she becomes this all being computer. And the mind actually learns from the senses of the binary of the computer. And she becomes this kind of godlike place. So the idea here is that this mind with a body is an entity or some spirit, or I don't know what you want to call it, this is the debate, um, is floating around and then it's found our body and this is how we communicate and interact with with the current reality that we're living in. And then there's the other side that, um, you know, we're a body with a mind. So we are made up of cells and particles and, you know, the mind is part of that. And through brain development, then we start to develop and become this consciously aware being, which is kind of why humans are so much greater than all other animals on the spectrum of of evolution because we have the ability of conscious thought and aw- awareness of ourself in time. So unlike a lot of other animals who are just really present and that's just how they live in, in response or actually probably more reaction mode, whereas we are in more response mode because we have a skillful and educated response to cer- certain circumstances in our environment, whereas other animals have like a, a reactionary, like panic kind of thing. So we were talking a bit about <laughs> this last week or earlier this week. Um, and I love 
the idea of the neurochemistry in our brain creating a response in our body, let's say. Um, and we were talking about the idea of thoughts and how they have a physiological change. Chuck someone's in the chat, if you remember that example I did with the lemon or talking about sexual organs when you're just thinking about something sexual or, you know, the biting into the onion, all these kind of things that you're not actually doing, but just thinking about them is creating salivary glands to go, you know, blood going to your your um, reproductive areas um, and eyes watering, all that kind of stuff. These are physical physiological changes happening through thought. And this goes on into this mind-body dualism debate where um, basically thought Thoughts and the mind are not actually anything. They are not particles. They are not, you, you can't observe them. Some, like I cannot physically observe your thoughts. They're not molecules or atoms or something in the particular, in the physical world. And the only person who understands or knows your thoughts are you. You, you can't sh share them unless you try to verbalize them. Um, you have to like reenact them basically through through words. The thoughts that come into your head, they don't actually take up space physical space in your brain like the memory like memories and, and dreams and all these things you know they don't take up physical space in your brain to store them but yet we can map them through brain like different areas of the brain lighting up shall we say or different bits of the brain being used through um, electrical pulses so there is this strange concept of are thoughts real are they they um, physical or are they just a part of your mind which is actually inside the body so this is like the very back and forth like i said it's it's very convoluted it's it's ongoing i didn't find a resolute decision however i will say that i'm very much for understanding how the brain responds due to thoughts so thoughts become feelings and feelings become actions right so when we have a thought and it manifests and grows then eventually it becomes this feeling there's this emotion and then there's enough feeling involved, then you actually act out upon it. And this was a good, you know, shown in that, in that thought creating physiological change experiment we did. But my conclusion um, to this whole debate is more along the lines of that. And I probably, this probably coincides with the book that I've been reading um, that I've just finished it for the second or third time, Be Water, My Friends by Bruce Lee that it's kind of like the yin and yang, you know, the body and mind are two parts of a whole. And the exact, funnily enough, the yin and yang is what a lot of us call it, where it's like one and the other, they're kind of opposites. Whereas in, um, I don't want to say all of Chinese um, studying, but from the, the amount that I know, they call it yin yang. So it's like both in one, it's two parts of a whole, you know, you think hot and cold water are the opposites, but they're both just, two opposite ends of one thing, which is water and, and temperature with water. So I believe the, the body and the mind to be the same in that sense, that we are two parts of the, the whole and then you, you can get into spirituality and stuff like that. But <clears throat> with all this in mind, we're talking about the body being one, the mind, the body, two sides of the whole thing. How can we utilize this? And how does this have anything to do with trading? So, Often when we look at trading, we look at people doing things physically. You're pressing the button, you're well, let's 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 break it down. The physiological aspect of it is literally just a click of the button. You're, you're pressing a button. 
everything else is basically happening within your head. I mean, there's a bunch of thick charts moving. There's a bunch of candles going up and down. There's a bunch of lines and squiggly things moving around in different colors. And you're just staring at a screen. And what's happening is all of that movement, all of that stuff is creating a chain of events of thoughts within your brain. Um, and this could be good. It could be bad. It could be stressful. It could be intense. It could be slow. It could be bored, all these things. But basically every little candle tick or every closure or at the moment, I want to say for new people, especially every little tick is creating a different thought or it's like, Oh, it's going up there. Like put some ones in the chat. If you would agree, especially at this point in your trading that every little tick creates a, um, a different emotion. Yes. Sharon duality, exactly that mind body duality. That's kind of what we're um, getting at. So the, when you're looking at the charts and you see a small green chart and you're like, Oh, I'm looking for a cell. And then it's like tick and it goes red. You're like, okay, something's happening. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to think this pattern and then maybe it's going to continue this. And then hopefully, and then your emotions start to, to go like this. And this is exactly what price action is meant for. The whole purpose of price action is to engage the human behavior in that response <clears throat> or reaction. Sorry. And that's not a response. That's a reaction. If you, Every single tick's giving you that like fluctuation of emotion, that change. You're like, oh my goodness. Eventually, it starts to do it more and more. And you're like, oh, oh, oh. And it builds up. I'm sure we've all seen we're looking for a buy. And then we see that the candle like get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you can feel it inside. You're like, oh, this is kind of what I wanted. Like, am I going to miss it? Should I enter? What should I do? And the thought pattern builds and builds and builds. And what happens is the body starts to, you can feel the physical change. You, you want to hit the button. You want to do the thing that makes you get involved. <laughs> So what we're doing is we're being persuaded purely by the amalgamation of thoughts that we're having in that moment. And I think this is what we need to observe. And we spoke, I think, two days ago about observing our thoughts and deciding which ones we want to um, take on. But the difference here is that we've got like a time restricted we got like a time period on on how we can assess those thoughts. And so for that reason, we get more frantic and we try to make decisions quicker. And then often we can get into that overwhelm and the stress and the anxiety and then emotional trading. And all because we've had a bunch of thoughts come at us very quickly, we've consciously decided to choose a bunch of them and send ourselves into one of many emotional states or physical direct or like, yeah, I guess directions of change um, in, through our thought. So how does this all help us? Well, if we can start to observe this, this is the main thing. I, I talk about this through most concepts. It's when we have this self-awareness, when we can realize that, hang on, I'm, I'm responding to every tick. Does my trading plan tell me to do anything on a tick? Now, that it might do. I'm not saying like it doesn't. It might do. Like, for example, if you play Master Candles, you meant to enter as soon as price breaks one point above according to our teaching, one point above the high or the low of the candle. And so you'll have to wait for the tick to break above that and then you enter. But if you don't enter, like this is one of the reasons I don't really like master candles because I, I'm an emotional person. And apparently one in seven people, the thing that I was reading the other day, don't quote me on this. I haven't put any research into it, but it matched what I wanted to believe. So I'm sticking with it. But one in seven people are very emotional. They're born that way. And for them, it's harder to have impulse control and harder to have these um, negotiations with themselves and, and stick true to their word and do all those things. And so for me, I'd like to believe I'm one of them so that way I can justify how emotional I am. But um, 
with that, once some people are extra emotional. And so you have to observe, observe, observe your behavior. You have to understand who you are. Are you the one who's getting at every single tick? Are you the one that's getting manipulated by every little movement? And if so, how can you adjust this? How can you change your situation or your environment so that maybe you ignore the ticks or maybe you look at a different candles? Maybe you look at the line chart. Now, I tried that and I really don't like it. Um, I have to just learn to to control myself in a sense. But I find that when what I've been doing now is once I start to see that fluctuation and I can feel it in my body, I go, is candle close closure? No. Okay, wait, wait for candle closure, wait for candle closure. And I have to say it over again in my head, wait for candle closure. Sometimes I look away from the chart. I'm like, okay, there's 15 seconds. I'll look at something else for 10 seconds and okay, five seconds. What's happened? You know, this kind of understanding and this awareness of yourself in order to help your body not get into that fluctuation as, as much as possible. So if our if we are a body with the mind and the mind and the thoughts produce these feelings and chemicals, then we have to be able to adjust that. Now, one of the hardest things that um, I think for us to do is to change our thought pattern with our thoughts. I'm sure people have gotten emotional and gotten frustrated and maybe they're really angry and someone just says, just calm down. And, and what does that do? That makes you do the exact opposite. It's super frustrating. And so it's like when you're going through this emotional state and your thoughts are just going like this, for you to go in your mind to go, hang on, Jake, just calm down. Like I got to use the brain to tell the brain or use the mind to tell the mind to slow down or to change. It becomes very, very difficult. Okay. And there was this great quote that I was heard in the podcast today or yesterday. Um, and it was regarding, I think it was from Audrey Marcus. He he wrote the book, um, Win the Day, I think it was. Uh, again, don't quote me on that. I'll have to check for you. But he was talking about this idea that do not change the mind with the mind change the mind by changing the body. And so what, what what do we mean by this? Well, if the mind starts to get to this emotional stage, if, if the mind starts to go, oh my God, I want to do this. If the mind wants to revenge trade, if the mind wants to jump into things and you start to trade illogically and you're back to emotional trading, don't try and talk yourself out of that situation. Use the body, change the body, stand up, do a lap around your chair, use touch, use sensory touch if that's what you want. We spoke about a bunch of these things that you can do. The number one thing um, that you know, Andrew Huberman talks about this with like breath work, having a chemical change in how expanding the chest can increase the heart volume, which decreases the, the, the speed of the blood, which then sends a chemical to your brain to say, Hey, my blood's slowing down. So your brain goes, okay, let's speed it up. This can actually change your heart rate. So there's an actual chemical process where you can change increasingly or decreasingly your heart rate um, to calm or energize your body just through breath work. So I believe it's longer, more vigorous, out breaths and shorter, faster in breaths is going to slow your heart rate and then vice versa, it will speed it up. <laughs> the other thing you can do is a simple like double breath in. So, so what you're doing is you're taking the mind and you're using the body physiological changes to instigate the change. So rather than telling your body, no, don't do that. Okay, I'm in this state, but no mind, stop that, slow down. So these are the kind of things that we can look at for ourselves what works for us, what doesn't work for us. Some of the things that I've started to instigate because I know that in the past I've been very bad at taking early exits. So if I know that there's an exit coming up, verbally saying the word click as in like click, click the button, like time to get out, 
it's harder for me to move my hand to the computer to click it than it is for me to say click. And then there's like habit stacking. Once I say click, my, my brain, my brain's like, okay, my mouth has said it. So my body kind of has to do it. So things like this, or, you know, the other thing that I found for a while was every time I hit a stop loss, I would be like, Oh, I've just lost a full 2%. Like uh, where can I get back in to get that back? That's revenge trading. And so one thing that I've started trying to implement is like a click of the fingers. So if I ever hit a full stop loss, this click of the fingers makes me look up at my trading plan. Now I'm really thinking that I probably should have made it look down at my journal and start journaling rather than look up, up at my trading plan. But when I look up at my trading plan, I'm like, okay, where's my entry? I don't have an entry because I'm literally just revenge trading. Uh, okay. Now maybe do some breaths or something to calm down because you clearly want to, you're clearly searching for an entry. You're not waiting for the market to come to you. So therefore you need to like, Give yourself a minute, give yourself that time. And this is the whole point of having a journal, a hard journal, an emotional journal, is that when you've gotten out of a trade or when the trade is closed, as soon as it closed, you need to move into that journaling phase because this gives you that time to decompress. That gives you that time to let your emotions come down. It gives you that time for your body physiological changes to you know lower, for your heart rate to lower, for all those things that sometimes lead us into the next second, third, fourth, fifth trade we need to break that up because it's a cycle. And I'm sure a lot of people in this who are over traders can contest, like Chuck, some ones in the chat, if you've done this, but you start. And then as soon as you make that second revenge trade, it doesn't take much and you've third, fourth, fifth, and you look back and you're like, okay, I was patient for 45 minutes. And then I've taken six trades in 10 minutes. Hmm. That doesn't add up. No wonder my account's in the drawdown. No wonder I'm, I'm not, not doing that. I did that this week. I did that this week, actually. I've been very disappointed with my trading. I've had a few of my old habits come back. And this is why I'm bringing it up. This is why I'm actually reinstating these facts to myself out loud. Um, because these are the habits that I've seen slip on myself this past two weeks. Um, I think I've had a lot on my plate. And so my mind, which I thought was good, has maybe been a bit distracted. And I've, and I've noticed my old habits, which I've worked really hard to get rid of, have snuck back in and, and had some some bad like some some repercussions obviously and the problem with that when you're a funded trader or any of you guys in the FAC program when you have if you have those moments come back and, and you over trade and all of a sudden you've hit six, the button six times that can be your whole funded account gone and you need to then re redo the whole process the phase one the phase two the and then then get to wherever you were so it's it's important to not be aware of and even though I'm I, it does come up for me and it's disappointing it's also this kind of moment of, okay, I have that to work on and I can now progress into that. And even though it's frustrating, even though it's still like, oh, I've got more to learn. Like, I wish I could just get there already. It's like, you know what? I have the thing that I can work on. I need, I can see where my progress can be made and I can still keep pushing forward. And I know there's more that I can learn and I know there's more that I can get better at. The worst is when you're sitting there banging your head and going, I'm doing everything perfect and I'm still not getting results. So at least when these things come up, you can go, okay. That's something I still need to work on. Like I've had lots of progress, but I still have this X, Y, Z to continue on with. So <laughs> getting a little off topic here, but yeah, the, the idea here is that originally the, the concept of this mind body duality, I think we should look at it, especially when we're trading as we are actually one, do not separate the two, the body and the mind do not need to be separated. I know Bob Proctor, love him or bless him. Um, he often, there's a great couple of videos of him saying, who am I? You know, my body is Jake. Jake is the body, but am, who am I? And this is can relate to our identity, our personality, which then creates the personal reality. And then Jake can be really whoever the hell he wants, as long as I, whoever that is in my mind, allows it to be. 
And so if you want to be that successful trader, if you want to be that, if you, whoever you is, wants to be the seven-figure, eight-figure trader, then you need to <clears throat> do the things in your mind that allow you to control the body that you have to do the correct protocol. And that is follow your trading plan. That is stay disciplined to your rules. And when you start to deviate from that, you need to look within and go, why am I doing these things? Why is it that I still have these thought patterns that, that build up? And again, I was talking to my wife about this. And the more you progress, or well, the more I progress in trading, and the more like when these things do come back in, when, when these bad habits slide back in, which are getting fewer and further between, which I love, I'm also being more consciously aware of it. And this is kind of a hard thing. And I don't know if anyone else has been in this, but one of those things where you can kind of see yourself crashing or a train wrecking and you know, in your head, you're like, no, don't do that. Just turn left, just stop, just press the brakes. Uh, like anything will stop this from happening, but you just, your body continues to do the process. And eventually you're like, well, I saw this coming 10 minutes before it was going to happen, but my brain just didn't have the ability to control my body. I just became an observer of my body and it still did the thing. I've had this with trading where you you start to feel the emotion. You're like, okay, this isn't good. This trade's going the opposite way. I need to get out of this as soon as I can. Here's an exit. Let's take that. Uh, my, why, why am I not taking it? Okay, it's going up. And, and you just watch and you just observe and the thing just keeps happening. And you're like, why do I let this happen? Okay, this is where I think this mind-body duality thing um, might have something to play with it. And if we can kind of close that gap and then become really consciously aware and be like, right, brain, you're doing that thing again where you kind of just observe and your body keeps pressing the button and you keep losing trades. How can we shift this? How can we pattern interrupt? How can we shift our perspective from what I'm doing to the place we want to be? So I hope that makes sense. A very confusing topic. Um, my brain has been doing backflips on different perspectives on this whole concept. And it was really interesting to observe and the, the, the connections that made in my brain for certain lessons I've been lear learning um, were actually quite, when I went to kind of write down what I wanted to talk about today, it was really hard to articulate this kind of point. So I hope that hit a few of you in the right spot and made some of those shifts. And maybe you can be consciously aware of your behaviors as they happen and maybe not get so caught up on every single tick and maybe look at yourself and the physiological changes that happen when you're watching the charts. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, some of you might've gone straight over your head. That's completely okay too. But, we're out of time. Um, I've got some great interviews coming up. So keep in tune for that. And we'll be back next week on the Tuesday. We have shifted to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <clears throat> but for now, traders, we're going to jump into the trading call. Make sure that you have read your trading plan. Make sure that you have your journal in front of you. Make sure that it's open, ready to write. Make sure that you've got a pen next to it. If you do it on the screen, make sure it's open, ready on the next screen. Um, if you don't have one, Look at getting into one. Make sure you do your brain warm up. Make sure you know your lot sizing. Make sure you do all the things that you know you need to do before you jump onto the charts. But with that, I hope you have a good day trading. And to anyone listening on the podcast, I shall speak to you later. Much love. Bye.